Is that Nico? No, that's Dave, I'm sure, right? Oh. You know you you know you mean business when you have the 350. He's just going to run over my car. I think that spare wheel weighs as much <laughs> as your car. It's the same color though. Dude. That wheel looks tough up there. Dave's not impressed. Dave doesn't, he doesn't care. Dave doesn't Dave is not impressed He's by like, spare wheels that are powder-coated to match. Things fucking gigantic. Yeah, this is just be a warm-up, a mental warm-up. So what's your thought process? When you're coming up with the cards, how do the cards work? Um, so I've been trying to distill stuff that we're currently working on and try to get to the heart of, like, the topic. I don't know. Do you I, have a log of stuff? Are you looking at our project cycles or what? Uh, it's basically based off of our Friday meetings. So, okay. like... Like the Growing Pains card, like that was specifically from like a big talk we were having on a Friday. And it's just like, hmm, other people might be going through this. Let's ask mm. some questions about it. What were we talking about? Which Friday? It was everything to do with Leah coming on and Alex Tessner leaving. Oh, right. And just all the things where it's just like, we would really like to do this. But we don't have the resources to mm. do it. Ah, that so, portion of it. And we don't want to compromise on our values to make something happen. Yeah. So it's just like, how do you prioritize what you do? How do you... And it's just like, you know, open-ended question. Because it's like, there's a lot of things I'd love to do. I'd love for us not to be recording outside right now next to a giant-ass truck. I think it's got a nice <laughs> idol all going. Yeah. I can smell it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not dying from fumes. Just leave oh. that diesel running, dude. Yesterday, I was uh, working in my parents' kitchen because they're remodeling it, and I was ripping up uh, flooring, which I'm pretty sure was asbestos. So if I die today, that's why. <laughs> the cool thing about the situation that you described where we had somebody outgoing who was doing a good job, somebody incoming who was new at the job, Everyone's afraid that something's going to get dropped. Everyone's really comfortable with what's going on. Everyone wants to reward the person who's here, like their hard work. And there's this whole conversation around it. And then, you know, we decided there's only one answer, which is to listen to the values and to listen to our company structure. Those things are set in place for a reason. And then you have a bumpy ride for a couple of weeks. And now about a month later, I just feel so glad and proud that we made the decision that we did, that we didn't tweak the whole fabric of our company to just accommodate one, thing one that person's was whim. And, and I think there's, there's like so many lessons in there because people are really scared of change. Yeah. You know, well, you know, you're to, be, to be more specific, we had a, a HR recruiting type role who was outgoing and this person was doing a really good job and everybody wanted her to stay on that would have been you know what well, would have been the easiest thing to do because it wouldn't have shaken anything up and she was doing her job which is always a good thing um but leading with that that fear bias or that bias of the unknown what's gonna happen you know every time you get someone in who's doing something well and at this point you know at that point she was the most effective person that we'd ever had in that role for getting people uh, into interviews, scheduled for orientations, for onboarding people. Yeah. So naturally, everyone's scared. Well, if she, 
that she's doing a better job than all of these people that we've had in our past. And if this goes away, this is going to be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever because we're never going to find someone that good again. And it seemed like she had some sort of <laughs> natural gift for this as we watched the, the truck diesel just, just plow into parking blocks. It's amazing. It's monster truck rally out here right now. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Be there. Monday is the new Sunday. Monday is the new <laughs> Sunday. Swift Street parking lot. But in my experience, one of the things that was on my mind when we were trying to make this decision is every time something like this happens, we think we found the perfect person. If I fast forward a year later, we always find someone better. Yeah. And, I, and I, not necessarily better as in you're a better or more high quality individual, but because of the way the circumstances align themselves, um, we have a more equipped work pool to pull from right if we're reaching into the bag of team members to pull out someone for a higher level position the people who are reaching out we're pulling out now are more equipped and dialed in than the same people were a year ago or two years ago or when we first started so so what you're saying is don't be afraid of change because change always breeds new potentially better possibilities i think it breeds better possibilities but i think that the lesson is well there's the values alignment lesson which is if you develop these values you have to stick by them if you develop these rules as a company you have to stick by them especially when times are hard because you don't really need them when they're not that's when the whole thing really comes alive but i think the biggest thing was it's really hard to be I don't know if it's resilient or to be able to see into the future enough to where it doesn't feel like a panic attack right now. You know, it's just, okay, trust the process. A bumpy road for a week doesn't mean you're making a bad decision. Yeah. Be able to sit in that unknown. And people were stressing, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. I get it. It's going to be hard for us to onboard this person and get them where they need to go. Yes, it's inconvenient. But if we're if we're able to zoom out enough and not panic in the meantime, we can see, okay, three months from now, we're going to be doing really good. Six months from now, we're not even going to think about this thing. A year from now, the new person's going to be better than we ever had imagined, and we're going to be on this whole other level that we can't even fathom right now. Yeah. Like, we don't even know what the best thing is for us, which is really interesting in that. Never Split the Difference book that Chris Voss wrote, the FBI, who's a lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. That sounds amazing. For a long time. So he's got a book, Never Split the Difference. It's really cool. Um, you can listen to some of his podcasts. Really cool negotiation stuff. But one of the things he talks about is being engaging in this dialogue with, an, with a certain level of openness. And what he says is, Never be so sure about what you want that you wouldn't take something better. Meaning, if we're going to do a deal, and yeah, I'm like, I know what I want. I want to get out of this deal. And you are like, okay, I know what I want to get out of this deal. And we don't make any compromises. We don't show our cards. And we just keep it locked in. Maybe I get what I want. Maybe you get what you want. But maybe there's actually a better third case scenario that's better for both of us. A win-win-win. Which we can only find through engaging in discussion and exploring the opportunities, you know, to where um, – what was this – I'm blanking on stories, but he was – someone that he works with was negotiating 
it was something like a book distribution deal or I don't know, some some random random thing. It doesn't really yeah. matter what it is. Um, they were going back and forth on on how this was going to work, and somehow the conversation opened up and shifted into the dude on the other end of the deal had all of these properties, and the woman who was trying to get the book deal done was also completely unrelated, looking for spaces to hold this series of events that she wanted to do in person and through conversation they ended up working out this magical deal to where it's like she found venues for her events he got the numbers that he wanted for the distribution deal she's happy like everything's just working in concert and that never would have come to fruition if they never would engage in this conversation and been so old school hardcore it's like this is what i need this is what i want yeah you're really thinking about yourself i want 25 percent cut on this and that's it and there's yeah. nothing else that can you know that's the cutest dog over there anyway that is a, oh, <laughs> a big dog it's a big small dog so yeah I, so and that's the same thing with employees it's like once you actually have that communication R- right so being willing to have the conversation and in terms of the workforce it's kind of okay being willing to go forward and not never i'm like never assuming that where we are now is as good as we're going to be oh yeah because and i think that goes for you know the people who are going to be in the roles for a long time they're going to get better at the jobs they do yeah but also there are people who are gonna come up from somewhere who are better at certain jobs than the people that we have right now. That's just always been the case. This is what happens every time we like have a posting for a new team leader or a new coordinator position. It's just like, you know, I don't, I I never see a shortage of people applying on the team to like new positions as they come up. Like Leah, I think applied to like three different positions. And then finally it came down to where it's like, Oh cool. We have this, you know, HR or this, uh, recruiter position cool you fit for it perfectly you know were you a great coordinator was that the best fit for you i don't know that's up that's up to you i can't speak to it but it's just like you know the more opportunities we have the more people get to sift through the top is kind of like what i've seen yeah and one of the cool things about doing those interviews is we had four interviews and i was like i could work with any of these people yeah and make it work and they're all still on the team in a really awesome way you know and that was cool i wouldn't be mad about it it, that made it kind of hard um but it came down to well came down to a lot of specific things and some gut feelings yeah so how do you reassure people to to that the that that it's okay to be uncomfortable that's a good question i don't know i think it kind of it kind of goes into some of the stuff that we were talking about last week where there's a certain amount of it that's that's just trust where you build trust over time and then you ex- you would hope that people will extend a certain amount of trust to you as a leader you know that can be yeah um you know you have people who work you work with closely that could be them extending trust to you it could be extending trust to the people in the business or to the organization at all whatever you know however you want to view that to where it's like okay cool i'm feeling a little stressed out but i know the people who are ultimately running this thing and i'm one of them 
have the same goals as I do. So even though it makes me feel a little bit weird, I'm just going to extend a certain level of trust and be like, I'm feeling a little sketched out, but I know you guys have the bigger picture in mind. So one part's trust. And then the other part, I mean, there's probably a million different things, but I think, I don't think it's wrong to voice any of those concerns and claim them and just say, this is really just going to make the next month of my life ridiculous yeah, or gnarly or hard. And like, that might be completely true. Like when Alex was leaving, you were, you were the one on deck to, you know, fill that slot until we, until we, you know, until we found somebody who, for, who was right for the position. And you were just like, I'm going to hate it. Yeah. But I'm here for it. It's the worst work that I could ever do. I'm answering to emails and coordinating things and calling people on the phone. It is just the complete opposite of what I want to do yeah. on the day to day. It's not what you want to do. No, but I'm just like, okay, I'm going to eat it. But I never felt uncertain of the other side. So as far as other people feeling you always uncertain. Tr- you always trust that we were going to trust it, that we were going to find somebody. We're going to find somebody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We always do. We've never not. We've never not. And I think that is... That is probably the biggest thing is you don't even, there's sure, maybe so what I said before, there's a certain level of trust and how do you let people know it's okay or it's going to be okay? It's just look at the track record. Just turn around and look backwards. At every stage, we're better than we were before. We've got more things dialed in than we did before. So there's no world unless we just completely stop paying attention and give up where this comes out worse. How do you get used to the ground shifting underneath of you and still working forward? Because it's like in moments like that where somebody leaves who has been doing an amazing job and arguably is the reason why we were in retail set up the way we were, how, I, how do you, I don't know, how do you take that in strides where it's just like, yes, like, yes, this is happening and we're still going to be able to do this. Cause for me, it's, it's really hard when I feel like productivity, like the, those sands moving underneath my feet. It's just like, I, it's hard for me to be in a position where stuff's changing and I have to keep working forward. Cause for me, I'm like, Oh, this is moving. I got to fix this first. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who does. It's definitely not enjoyable. I don't even know if I'm as good at, swallowing it as I want to be or as calm with it as I want to be. But it's just kind of one of those things where you, if you're running a business or if you're in leadership, part of your job is figuring out stuff to which there's no clean answer. Because if there was a clean answer, it would be like a closing sheet in the cafe. How do you close the cafe? You do this series of 50 things. And if you do them all right, the it's cafe is going to be closed down. And leadership work is different than that. Not just leadership work at this level, but even leadership work in the cafe. Because in the cafe, the reason you know a coordinator's there or a team leader is because they're maneuvering through situations to where there is no, to which there is no SOP. Yeah. Where you need to be a little more creative, a little more artsy. You have to have know the culture so you can, you can do work in this dynamic way. And that's what leadership is. You know, doing things that maybe don't work out all the time and you have to be able to stomach that. And some of that is, is reps. And some of that is just belief in people. Yeah. And just in people in general. So 
there's one end of belief to where it's okay there's somebody who works for us that's doing a really good job and i believe in that person and here's this duality here because i think everybody is incredibly special but also not at all where everybody has everyone has these certain gifts that they can bring to the table and contribute to whether it's contributing with your family, contributing with your friends, contributing to society as a whole or through work, like we all have different skills that we bring to the table. And that's special because nobody's going to do the thing that you do exactly like you do it and that makes it awesome. Sure. Right? Everyone has different perspectives on things. But also there is not this finite amount of people who can do this one thing. And if you can keep that in mind to where it's, there's not only one person who can fill this HR recruiter role. Maybe no one will do it exactly how this other person did it. But in terms of doing the job, not having that scarcity mindset to where it's like, oh my God, someone's leaving. We got to keep them at all costs. And it's like, no, actually there's a million other people who can do this job. I have to find the right one or the right handful that I can pick from to get the right one in there. But knowing that someone's out there that can do it is, you know, belief in people as a whole, that makes me feel more calm because I know, I know that someone can do it. Yeah. And, and finding somebody else that has a different perspective and can do it opens you up to those learning moments where you're just like, oh, I didn't think of it that way, but that, that helps me grow in this other area or... Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's, I mean, part of our, some of our business, our business is we have, I don't, I don't know how you really want to call it. When I think about a business like ours, it operates in percentages to where there's a certain percentage of our workforce that is more or less static. You know, you're one of those static individuals. You've been here for years. Nobody knows the future, but as far as I can tell, I'd like to work with you for a number of years going forward great you know you're a rock you're a core and then there's a certain percentage of our workforce that's a little bit more transient for whatever reason you know it's maybe people are in town and then they're out of town maybe people are going through school and they're working with us and then they ultimately have their own dream that they're going to pursue so some of our workforce is you know in flux all the time and i think it's really cool when people are changing over and we have the opportunity to get new people into these new and exciting positions where we can find, you know, going through the, the, the onboarding stuff now with Leah, we're finding a lot of things that can be tweaked, that can be improved, that are being improved upon already. So that, that's, that's a benefit. To and the those business. are things that we might not have looked at if like somebody who is like, say Alex was still in the role and everybody was fine with it. Everyone was just like, hey, it's great. We're just doing good. We might not have put the attention on it. Correct. And it's not because Alex is doing a bad no, job. It's just, it's because, just because everything's generally working. So why dive deeper? We're looking and at look it with at fresh it. eyes now because, right. and it's helping us feel, it's helping us find the areas that we want to improve. Yeah. So I think that those turnover situations can be really positive for everybody. We get to see things from a, a new perspective. We're doing a deep dive and discovering oh this is how this process which is already decently dialed in can be a lot better and here's some holes that we can plug and then someone on our team gets a new experience that they get to tap into right to where yeah. it's like okay cool i'm gonna get to flex a new set of skills and yeah. use what i've learned 
and impact not just the business, but myself and also the people that we're bringing on as brand new, new employees in this kind of HR recruitery role. It gives room for everyone to grow because like you were talking about leadership, leadership, there's never really a clear cut answer because I'm thinking about our leadership team and it's just like everyone on our leadership team, like except for you, the owners, like they aren't as experienced you know, they're still learning. They know a little bit more than the people beneath them. So it's just like everyone is, is doing, everyone is learning in their own stages. Yeah. I mean, and I would put us in that same boat too. Oh, sure. You know, Mark Gessler likes to remind me of this all the time where he says, you know, you guys have never managed a company this big, <laughs> which has basically been, that's a, that's a sick burn <laughs> since day one. You know, you guys have never done this. I can tell. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> He says it in a very positive, a very positive, positive, caring way. But it's true. You know, the stuff that we're figuring out, there's no playbook for. So what you have is your belief that what you're doing is possible and is going to work out. Because if you don't have, you don't want to be sunshine and rainbows when it's not called for. You don't yeah. want to ignore reality when it comes knocking at your door and it's nasty. But you have to have a positive belief in what you're doing because if you don't if you're going into things with a defeatist attitude it never nothing ever gets done in the way that it could get done if we were kind of and when we were on the fence about cat and cloud as a whole it just didn't exist it wasn't until we made the decision of we're going to do this thing and it's going to work yeah that's our mindset and you know whether it works or not who the fuck knows but we have to say and actually believe and work in such a way that it's going to work. And yeah. I think that you can carry that into whatever project you do. And, you know, Stephen Pressfield talks about it and it's, it's almost, he talks about it in a way to where it's like by showing up and working in a way that you believe in what you're doing and you have something on the line, you can basically, you're influencing the universe you're influencing the muse she is watching you and she sees your intention and belief in yourself and you can actually you know shift some sort of spiritual plane to where the universe comes to your aid and that never happens if you don't believe or can't maneuver in a way that you're believing yeah for me whenever i'm working on a project like i i have always said that if i can picture something in my head I know I can make it. And so for me, it's like, if I picture something in my head, I, I believe it can be made. And it's just like, I've seen time and time again, where projects I've start that I can't picture it in my head. I don't believe it. And they never happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, you have to believe that something's possible. Yeah. And then be open to the things that will make you it's like improv you have to say yes yes and yes right? and yes yeah. and and as soon as you shut down the conversation your project's not going anywhere yeah i when i when i was younger and i was actually in an improv group it was really funny there was a night where there were like four different people like four different groups going up in one night and i was in the first group and like 
I just watched the improv groups devolve over the night where it's like the people in the last group were just basically all yelling at the same time. It's just like, this is, this is great. What do you think that was? Everybody wanted attention? No, they like every, the creative creative juices were just fried. And so no one knew what to say. They were just all like, yes, we have, this is funny. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but it, for me, yeah, it, you have to have some belief, and if you don't believe in what you're working on, then you're not going to be able to achieve anything useful. You're just going to be in this circular pattern of problems. Yeah. it's Belief is phase one, and then there's the second phase, which is making the decision. <laughs> you know, Because you could believe that something's possible, and you could believe that you could do it, and then the second phase of that for me is making the decision to actually do it. If you believe it, it will come. Because you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And saying, I'm doing this. This is going to happen. And then you can't you can't be we you are, can't be stopped by the dis, by the you know decisions that you don't or the things you don't know. You have to make the best informed decision that you have, right? Yeah, I mean you don't know anything. What if you knew everything, there's just so many more reasons for you to stop before you start. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say that, and I, I get why they say that. If you knew all the little quirks and shenanigans and hoops and bullshit you have to jump through to open something seemingly as simple as a coffee shop, it's, you know, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me because I'm the type of person that wants things to be, like, perfect or finished before, like, you start using them, right? Yeah. And, like, take it in here, you know? I... I wanted everything to be like all the construction to be done before we started moving stuff in. But now it's just like, that's not the case and everything's just getting layered on top. And so it's just, yeah, it's, I, there's, there's no layer level of perfection. You have to like take what you can. I have a lot of that too. And I found that that little book that I made, I edited it just to no end. Yeah. And I'm surprised it's out. Had no, I'm just kidding. Three, <laughs> then three other people looked at it too. Yeah, I remember you were working with like that editor. There's one who runs a local bookstore in town. Mm-hmm. There was another one who's in the Bay Area, and a third person who didn't end up working out. It wasn't super strong editor, but yeah. just still triple three scrub. people. Yeah, triple scrubbed. And I had some I things that scrubs, were wrong dude. in it. I had some uh, capitalization formatting errors in the last section, and I was just like, ah. Damn, like I did my due diligence. I did everything I could have. There's no way it could have been any better. Yeah. And so I was kind of prepping the book because I still want to do the ebook for it. So I was like, okay, cool. Now I have an opportunity to make these changes. So I'm making the tweaks. Did them. Still haven't formatted the ebook yet, which you know. <laughs> was we'll get it done. flying up to Portland for us to go to SCA. And I was reading. Oh, what is it? Stillness is the way. Stillness is the key. One of Ryan Holiday's books. I don't know. They all have the same style of title. Great. You know, the obstacle is the way. Stillness is the key. And I found a typo in this book. That's you know, I don't know who it's published by. Maybe Penguin or Workman or something. You know, who like big Nobody's name, perfect big name publishing company yeah. with the best editors on earth. And there was a double printed sentence, like completely like f- the same sentence twice. Yeah. Oh, not. It was a pretty weird, blatant error. And I was like, oh, weird. 
Even the best. Even the best get bit. Even the best get bit sometimes. And the funny thing is, when I was looking at it, reading it, I wasn't like, this guy's an idiot. I was like, oh, that's just like a random editing mistake. I think that, that helps make you remember that everyone's human. Well, and, you know, it's a trope at this point, but you're your own worst critic, right? You, well, it's like, yeah, I'm, I, can't, I can't look at anything I've made the same. It pains me when I look at people looking at the merch self because I'm just like, uh, I don't want A, that criticism, and like B, I see all the flaws in it. And me as an artist, I told myself a long time ago that I will know I'm an, I, I, like, I will know I've reached being good or like my goal is to create something that when I look at it, I think somebody else made it. And that's an unobtainable goal. I don't think goal. you can do that. Yeah. I don't think you could do no. that. But th- that's why it makes it, for me, that's why it makes it kind of a good goal. Because it's like always going to make me try to improve myself and try different things. But at the same time, like if if I'm waiting for that day, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, maybe the better goal is I want to make something that I can absolutely tell that I made. And I'm just so proud of it. Oh, and I've done that multiple you know. times. Like the bandana we have, I'm so happy with that. Even though like I look at it and I see all the flaws in it. What do you, What's the difference between things like that, the bandana that you're really happy with, and some of the other things where you're just, I don't want to look at it. I can't stare at it directly Like our ceramics? Sure. Um, the thing like the bandana is something where it was completely 100% that started out as a personal project. Yeah. You know, I did this drawing for Verve a long time ago and it never got, like it never got used. It wasn't necessarily meant to get used. It was something that was just like, I'm having fun with it. And I always wanted to revisit it and make it better. And now that we're here and we came out with like our new word mark, you know, last year ish, I was just like, Oh, perfect. Here's my opportunity to make it better. And I sat on an unfinished version of it for months. And then like, it was really just a personal thing to where it's just like, I want to see if I can get this much further. I've always wanted to do drawing where it's like, I fill out the full canvas and I never did it. Like I have a skateboard deck with the same style of artwork at home that like, and so it was one, it was like more of an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Whereas other things like, like the ceramic cups we have, I'm just like, I feel like I just, slapped a design on the side of them well yeah you might be selling yourself short there <laughs> but i'm more curious about the bandana so with the bandana passion project something that had been in your head for a long time how could you how did you know when it was done this time how did you know when you're putting down the pen um once i reached the edge of the page essentially I, cause I gave myself like a square four by like a, like a 4,000 by 4,000 canvas. And I was like, I'm just going to fill up the whole thing with just this design, which was funny because there were a couple times when I made the canvas bigger. Cause I'm like, Oh, I like how this line is going. So I'm going to just going to make it bigger so I can extend it and it can connect over here. And, and then it reached a point where I'm like, it's full. I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is good. Yeah. And it's so- a, it, oh, like ahead. there's been some I have this notebook full of a bunch of these types of drawings where because I always told myself I'm like I'm going to keep going I'm going to like keep expanding it and I usually have ruined so many drawings that way because I get to a point in them where I'm like if I stop now it's good but let's keep going so your canvas was kind of the like limiting a de- it was like a deadline though yeah not even the limiting thing well it was it the, was the, it was the finish line it was the finish line yeah 
that's cool. That's kind of, yeah. So that's a physical, uh, yeah, or digitally imposed limitation, I guess. But you could almost think about that as a time limit. You know, if we're saying, okay, we're going to do this project and it's going to be done by X day, and then cool, there's the decision. Yeah, you made the decision ahead of time that once this happens, it's it's done. You know, once we get to October twenty third, we're delivering this new thing. Yeah, we did that with the bags. We right, like I wanted to have them done by our by our birthday. Yeah, and I remember like the day before, I was just like, "Well, sending all the files and done." Yeah, and then months later, they were like, <laughs> "Another month goes by after some revisions and more communication," and I'm like, "Oh, now we're done." How do you think doing stuff like that here has changed the way you do your personal work? I remember at that little, I don't know what it was. It was like this future scope thing when we went to the table out at Natural Bridges yeah. and we were looking at a lot of your personal projects. And one of the things that struck me was that you had a lot of personal projects that you started, <laughs> but very few of them were finished. finished. Yeah, they were all ideas. And now you have a role where you have to design and ship new stuff basically every quarter. Has, has that impacted any of the things that you do personally? I wish I could say yes. Like, <clears throat> it's given me a better clarity on like systems. Like for our merch, we have this whole we have this whole system for, um, the roadmap of of launching a new collection. So since I've come on, we've like moved to doing merches in like merch in collections. So everything feels a little cohesive, and we have this roadmap, and it's. Like you go, you work from the, the launch date backwards and you're like, all right, cool. We want to launch by this date. Well, it's going to take this much time to do marketing materials around it. It's going to take this much time for us to actually get them. Then it's going to take this much time for like us to pay for them. And it's going to take this much. And so you work back backwards. So it's given me a, if I had any sort of deadline for my personal projects, I could start, I have a framework for plugging stuff in, mm. but what keeps you from giving yourself deadlines for your personal projects? I think it goes back to that idea of wanting perfection. It's just like, this is the idea in my head, and I want to achieve that versus accepting the limitations. Hmm. Like we're talking about, like talking about moving into our new roastery, and it's like, I want things to be finished and done before we start putting stuff in, because then we'll know that in my mind, it's like, then we'll know that we're not building on top of, like, any. I told you I was working at my parents' house this weekend. Mm -hmm. And we were ripping out cabinets and, like, just finding, oh, there's a bunch of termite damage here and this, that. And everyone's saying, the, oh, the contractor will just put new plywood over it. It's going to be fine. I'm like, you're just going to be building on top of crap? Like, I don't want to do that. And so it's the same mentality with projects. Like, I want projects to be, like, finished... And I guess there is no real finished for things, but that's just my, that's what stops me. Hmm. This idea of perfection and I have trust issues, so I don't let anyone else perfect things for me. <laughs> Here's a rare yes or no question. Do you want to finish your personal projects? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's hard. Cause like I said, like I said earlier, if I can picture it, I usually know how to make it. And for the things that I can't picture, 
that's what stops me. Like, for example, the one I'm working on forever, it's going to require some, like, computer programming. I don't know that. For me, that's a, a mystery black box. And because I don't know that, it just stops me. I'm like, that's a require, that's a necessity, and I can't figure it out. So I guess I'm just going to not finish it. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I don't, yeah. That's like me avoiding taking the heater core out of my car because it just seems ridiculous. Well, like I, from a very young age, I had a, I had a dream to like build my own bass. Like stand-up bass? No. Bass guitar. Bass guitar, yeah. And I named it Juliet because it had the most likely, most likelihood of actually dying and not actually becoming true. And a few years back, my nephews started, they got into, you know, guitars and stuff and started building their own. And I'm just like perfect this is my opportunity to get my feet wet on like helping them build their guitars so that i can prove myself that i can do it and then like i screw up a few of the things on theirs and i'm like well i'm never doing it i screwed it up i'm not good but hmm. i didn't take that as a lesson of like oh you can learn from your mistakes and actually get better and actually make the things that you want to do what are you thinking though really like how much ego do you have to have to assume that the thing that you're going to make that you've never done is going to be perfect the first time or even good you know what i mean like it's that's a ridiculous assumption that you're going to be able to make a base because like juliet is probably you know that's probably like the 50th base that you make right like once you've made all these terrible crappy instruments that are borderline unplayable and they're just okay this is this is garbage this is garbage this is garbage this is garbage and every time you make a little bit of garbage you're just figuring this out and yeah. this out and this out and that out and and that's why i go back to that that dream i have as an artist where it's just like i want to eventually make something that i will see and not think is mine and that's why i love the that's it's a lesson in there because it's just like it it accepts me. It, it gives me room to accept that crap. It, it gives me the room to accept the garbage that I make, and I just have to. It's a life lesson that I have to step aside from that that limiting belief of like if it's not perfect the first time, I don't want to try. So it sounds like you've got it dialed in your head, and now you just have to align your actions with your belief system. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I'll take that. Well, what's, what's, you know, what's the next step or what's the next project that you're going to do or, cause it kind of feels like, you know, intuitively all this stuff, but your projects are still kind of in the same place that they've been. Yeah. And that's because I'm kind of obsessive and I can't multitask. So if I, if I work on a project, I want to work on it for a week at a time, mm. but that's, mm. I can't set things down, which is another reason why going back to the whole shifting sand question where it's just like, how do you progress forward when things underneath you are moving where it's just like, I want to focus on one thing. And so if I'm having to deal with a new team member coming on, it's just like, okay, cool. I want to put all my energy into that. I can't put 50, I can't like spend two hours on this and then go do this. That's a hard gear shift for me. That's a money shift right there. I think you got to learn how to shift the gears. I'm not saying I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. It's annoying, but I think an hour a day is how things really get done. And then yeah. the sprints are kind of sometimes necessary, but just not the healthiest way to do 
everything in the long term. Yeah. And the, I don't know. I think I feel like when I, because I default work in the way you're describing, I would love a block of time. Because this is something I used to do. Okay, I'm taking, I'm taking a week off. And I'm going to work on my car. I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get some Airbnb somewhere random, and I'm going to finish this project that I'm doing. And it's going to be me sitting at the computer for eight hours a day, and I'm just going to drink and yeah, drink coffee and eat food and like, but work. It's not that fun, and you don't learn as much. At least for me, if I'm doing a writing project or something artistic, if I kind of touch it every day. And it almost feels like I'm not getting anything done that day. I just set the timer. Cool. I'm just going to do whatever for an hour. Every day kind of feels the same. It's definitely not exciting. It definitely is not. You're not having these big epic shifts. But when you look at what you've written or what you've created and compare it to what you were working on six months ago, it's <clears throat> it's shifted dramatically. And I think that's kind of where we're taking with me, Jared and Charles committing to our new weekly meetings, it's, you will be in there for a couple hours yeah, every week. It. And it just doesn't, most days it doesn't feel like anything's actually happening. It just kind of feels like here we are again. But when we look at what we're trying to get done, you can see it all getting funneled in the right direction and you can yeah. see the things happening. And sometimes they're little and sometimes they're big. And, some of them were just stuff that had been hanging out forever. Cool. Updated values with the removal of hats and some of these other things. You know, it had been sitting in our brains for months. Yeah. Six months? Maybe more. I don't know when the first time we talked about it was. We just hadn't finished. So it's just like, okay, here's how we're going to do it. And we do it much like you're doing the merch launch where it's, okay, here's kind of a goal date. If we had new onboarding orientation um all of these things this is a trimester goal let's set this goal for you know august 31st then how are we gonna make all that happen we got to get these values out there that's first and foremost okay how does that work okay cool well we got to roll it out with the executive team first then we're gonna have to do it with upper leadership so that every time we talk about it the upper leadership's getting a refresher then we can bring it to the company all these little and then the quirky things that come along with that, which you know because you're involved in them, where, okay, if we're going to do all staff and roll this thing out, we can't just show up. It's got to feel like something special. So how are we going to make it feel special? And it's all these just – none of them are mind melters, right? Yeah. Running a business isn't really a mind melter. It's It's having a vision and slowly working towards it a little bit every day or a little bit every week until you've – finally see things are getting done but yeah. it doesn't always feel as epic as maybe people think it should it's like you're fucking looking at instagram and these people are like live your passion bro i come up to work every day and i'm just psyched out of my mind and i'm like really who's that I guy that like does like really aggressive workout like he walks with like a weighted vest and just like yells at you oh i don't know liver king maybe <laughs> Little liver puree. Everybody. Oh, David Goggins? Yeah. That's Goggins it. is the man. I, I'm down with Goggins. That dude's on fire. <laughs> but it's just, and but 
So he's resonating more with what I'm talking about than these people who are like, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your oh, life. And I'm I just like, really, yeah. it's actually the opposite. If you you know love what you do, you're going to work harder than you've ever worked before because oh, you yeah. know what the hell you're doing. That's that's you the, know why you're doing it. You know that's kind. It's really funny because that's the not moral difference, but that's the big difference between me and my partner Terry. She she works because basically it's the mindset of like well it's a job like and i want to get compensated for my work and for me i've always been at a job because i have a belief about why i'm there and it's much harder for me to you know separate those two things and for it's just and it's just one of those things where it keeps me going where it's Friday at seven and I'm like thinking about something or like, Oh cool. I know why I want to be working on this because I know why I'm doing it. And, yeah. or yeah, I have yeah, a belief about it. It's funny because I'm sure your work when it goes well is really rewarding, but loving what you do does in no way, shape or form make it easy. It's, I remember even things that aren't earth shattering, like training for barista competitions. I would have all these, Long nights, long evenings, you know. Uh, Those aren't easy. Three months of my life where I'm engaging with stuff that I really love. It's like, I love espresso. I love making cappuccinos. Figuring out the signature drink is fun. Figuring out how to craft a performance. Even putting all the, the tablewares and getting the, mm. like, all that stuff. I really enjoy it. And on the day-to-day, -day, it fucking sucks. Yeah. I get so pissed. I'm kicking chairs around, throwing shit, and just. Daddy's here. Just angry about stuff but it all pays off at the end it's, sure. and i think because of what we see on social media it's all these people having a good time all the time we expect to go into work and just have it feel like an angel's whispering in our ear or something and it just doesn't feel like that you know on the day-to-day -day, things can be really rewarding but it's not like you're at disneyland every day yeah you know the work is going to be hard like that, that doesn't mean it's not meaningful we've been working on these we've been working on these videos with mark and it's mostly been me behind the camera and me editing it and like the work is hard but like i'll sit there when i'm done editing it and watch it more times than anyone oh, else yeah. and like appreciate it Yeah. if i do a skate edit it's like yeah two hours of my life is just watching it over and over and over again I'm like, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I always, yeah. whenever I'm working on a project, I always like, I'll get to a point where I'm done for the night. But if it's like a drawing or if it's a video or if it's animation, I'll always like take a picture of it or put it on my phone. And as I'm laying down to go to sleep, I'll just be looking at it, like analyzing, like, right, what's my next step? What's okay, cool. I'm going to work on this next mm. or cool. I could do this or, oh, I hate this audio edit. See and that? it, yeah. that's almost like an obsession, but it's like, it basically is like, yeah, it's work, but like I believe in what I'm doing, so See, I'm going to put in that work. That feeling overall on the, the day to day, the feeling of knowing that you're doing something that matters to you is maybe cooler than having that chasing the dragon feeling of one day I'm going to make something that I'm going to look at it and not know that it came from me. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's more of like a, vacation style fantasy with what you're describing right now is just someone who's deeply engaged in what they're doing and that's i think that's something that we could all hope to be you know the fireworks and the celebrations are 
not what make up our life. Those are fewer and far between yeah. and just embracing the responsibility that we have, You're embracing open the opportunity that we have, embracing the work in front of us is that's great because people enjoy that shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like how cool is it to see like people are going over to the merch shelf and they're buying stuff that you made. Like that is a mind melter. Like that's wild. Oh, it's it's weird. You know I, that's that's pretty cool. I remember one day. <clears throat> I remember one day I was sitting in my car, and this person driving a van just like went around the intersection corner, and I saw him sitting. I saw him driving, and he was wearing like the pocket T-shirt we made, and I'm just like, just watching him drive past, and I'm like, I I made that. He doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know I made that. It's real weird to watch somebody else like It's like when you're behind someone something. in line with, at the grocery store and yeah. they're wearing a cat and cloud shirt or a hat. I yeah. almost always want to say, what's up? What's up? <laughs> nice hat. <laughs> I, oh, that happened when I moved into the place where I'm at right now. Um, the, I was sitting on my couch after like the first weekend or so and the neighbor comes across the street, comes walking out of their house and they're wearing a maroon, one of the maroon zip of putties, And I'm just like, Oh, gosh. Y'all, you're welcome. <laughs> all right. I think we're hitting a wall here. Cool. Good well, combo. I got LBR anyway. All that to say, trust the process. <laughs> hey, everyone. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram. We're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.